1: An agreement to protect marine life in the regions known as the High Seas has been reached by a number, by members of the United Nations after being discussed by more, for more than 20 years. And Tasman Crowe, University College Dublin professor, marine biodiversity and ecosystem expert, who is chair of the National Biodiversity Forum, joins us now. Tasman, you have an impressive and, and difficult to, to uh, express title, but thank you for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. Explain why this is a landmark important agreement.
0: Uh, good morning Kira thanks for having me on um it's it's a really it is very much an important agreement it, it's because of the extent of the ocean that it covers i guess is the is the single most important thing so every nation has territorial waters out to about 22 kilometers from their coasts and then an exclusive economic zone out to a, up to another 200 nautical miles further so 370 kilometers and we have substantial capacity to regulate what goes on in those areas and indeed responsibilities for them but everything beyond these national jurisdictions is essentially what's covered by the new treaty and it accounts for about two-thirds of the ocean surface so about half of the of the earth's surface and it's referred to as the high seas as you said and up until now there's been a patchwork of regulations and treaties governing some of the activities in the high seas but they had real shortcomings particularly in relation to management of activities that might damage uh, marine biodiversity and ecosystems, and indeed, are damaging them. So they were very fragmented and and not effective, and and above all, there was no real mechanism for designating international marine protected areas, okay. so, so, uh, which are a key strategy. So,
1: Tasman, but, what, what's so new in this? this? What what's going to change from this agreement?
0: Well, as as I said, so pre- previously, um, activities taking place in the high seas were 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 governed in a very patchy way. Um, and now there's the possibility to identify areas that that really need a, a, an extra level of protection, and to get nat- nations together to collaborate on establishing those areas, agreeing the regulations, ensuring that the biodiversity and ecosystem processes in in those areas uh, are conserved. So that, that, that up until now it's kind of been the wild west. So okay. threats like uh, deep sea mining, overfishing. Uh, in particular, um, have have there's the real prospect of them uh, proliferating without very clear, cohesive regulation. Okay.
1: So, so, th- so those types of threats to biodiversity. That this is going to regulate those things now. And how important is that for people who don't maybe, and, and my, I would include myself in this, who don't understand maybe? Uh, I suppose the way someone like yourself would the 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 importance of biodiversity in the high seas.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, like all. Biodiversity. I mean, it has an intrinsic, inherent value. You know, it's it's we've inherited it over millions of years of evolution, and we want to be able to pass it on to, to to future generations. So it has a a wonder in and of itself. But of course, from a more selfish point of view, we also depend very heavily on it for our life support systems. You know, so the ocean is one of the biggest carbon sinks yeah. on the planet. So it's it's crucial in regulating regulating climate it also produces about every second breath of oxygen that we breathe and what know, kind so of
1: sanctions i mean you've mentioned things like mining and overfishing and things but we also see people like people doing things like nuclear testing we see people doing things like landing missiles into the oceans things things like that happen uh, you know we've seen north korea do things like that are there any sanctions for for now after this treaty for for countries that breach these these high sea arrangements
0: that's the idea that there that there would there would be a development of a of a legal framework that would that would regulate and and sanction those kinds of activities. Yes.
1: Okay, and so in effect, have we banned most human activity in those areas, those those high seas areas beyond people's territorial and and economic, I, I suppose, seas around their countries?
0: No, not not at all. There's so there, obviously, there is a lot of very important activity that takes place there and, and and that has to continue to take place but uh there are there are going to be areas that are going to be set aside for for more strict protection i guess okay. and so you know from an from ireland's point of view for example you know we're we're very much dependent on, on transatlantic shipping and kind of communication cabling and so on that runs on the sea floor. So there's no sense in which that would all stop. So that's you know, all that, it's just that, that it would you know, the, so the concerns about the key areas Things will be
1: allowed happen. but things within reason will be allowed. Look, look Thank you very much exactly. for speaking to us this morning. We do appreciate it. That is Tasman Crow University College Dublin professor marine biodiversity and ecosystem expert there Shane.
0: It-